Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. It is the Mackie and Judd intro, but it is time for Conduits of Trouble, which is uh, Zolgad, Declan Goff producing, and my buddy Chip Scoggins from the Star Tribune. How's it going, Mr. Scoggins? I'm hanging in there. How are you, buddy? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. I'm doing pretty well. I'm go- I'm going to make my appearance, I believe, tomorrow if my credential is approved at the uh, Twins' first practice at Target Field. And I'm very curious to see what the po- what the post pandemic world or the or the in progress pandemic world looks like from a, a professional athletic point of view in person because it is, uh, I think, going to be a long way from what we were used to uh, last year this time. Yeah, it's interesting, Judd. I, if you've seen, uh, well, I don't know if, how many fans have seen it, but the, the new protocol for media members um, is a lot different. I'll say that. Uh, the next time uh, we interview an athlete face-to-face in person might be a long time from now, I'll say. You oh, know, amen. Yes. Everything's going to be done over phone or Zoom. And so uh, basically you're just going to be watching from afar and interviewing from afar. So yeah, it's, it's going to be a new, a new world for us. That's for sure. Well, and, and I mean, it's obviously going to start tomorrow with baseball and twins uh, chipper, but then we're going to have um, at some point in time, if things go according to plan and that's a big if Vikings training camp and what's that yeah. going to be like, and are we going to be have <laughs> access to those practices and I do agree with you across the board. I think it's going to be a long, long time before we see a coach and especially players in person as well. So, yeah, the the dynamic of uh, sports as we know them behind the scenes and as far as wandering stadiums, and this goes for fans too, not just us, is going to be uh, completely different. And that that's the interesting thing that I think, Chip, is I see a lot of tweets about, you know, we have to go back to living our life, right? Well, that okay. I appreciate that, but I don't think what people are are appreciating themselves is we can go back to living parts of our lives, but our lives as we knew them from a let's say a recreational fun standpoint have been altered potentially forever. And so yeah. and so this whole thing of just get back on the horse and it's going to be fine is like, well, hold on a second here. I'm all for getting back to doing what we did, but the ways we go about doing those things now it's going to be different, and it could be different for the rest of our lives because of this. Yeah, well, we did. Uh, we did, in some ways, go back to the way we were doing it, and, and what what has happened the last two weeks. Yep, we've seen a tremendous surge and spike in cases, uh, you know, particularly in the South. When you look at what's going on, and that 
Judd, I would say at the beginning of June, I was pretty optimistic that we were going to have all sports back, right, uh, this summer mm-hmm. in July. I, I didn't think fans would be there, um, but I felt reasonably confident that football, baseball, basketball, they, they, they would get started. My, my, my level of optimism has plummeted in the last uh, 10 days to two weeks. Yep. When you look at the number of, um, well, just in society, the number of cases that in states that have seen a dramatic uh, uptick in, in positive uh, tests, but also as athletes and coaches have reconvened and the number of positive tests that we've seen there, I wonder if we're not headed for another pause um, or an extended extenuation of this, uh, of this pause we're under. Um, I, you know, Specifically, I look at college football. I just don't know how it's going to get off the ground in a month from now. Agreed. In, in terms of practices, I, I really don't. Um, unless unless something dramatic changes in the next week to ten days, it's just not it's not looking good for teams having a full contact practice a month from now. I just don't know how they're going to do this. And that seems to me to be the sport that I don't get it because. If if you are also, and there are some schools that are going to, uh, to do this, if you are not going to have um, on-campus classes fall semester, Chip, yeah, yeah. how on earth can you tell the football team, hold on a second, though, you're going yeah. to play games? And, and from a legal standpoint, I got to think that that is a basic admission to the fact that if they hold you to play football, that you are then a professional athlete, and how do yeah. they not pay you? I, I mean, there's just so many things, starting w- with the health stuff, obviously, but then going into um, the c- potential fallout down to are, are you a pro athlete or not? There's so many things about playing college sports that stop me and say what you just said, which is how is this even possible to do? Yeah, and, and you, if, the thing about pro sports, they have a union. They have, yep. um, you know, you can collectively bargain. You can agree to this. And they're professionals. You're getting paid millions of dollars um, to do this. Who is acting on behalf of the athletes in college? Basically the coaches or the schools, each individual school, right? Mm-hmm. And I just saw this morning that University of Southern California announced their – I think they initially said they're going to have in-person classes this fall, but then they changed their mind and said, no, it's, I think it's going to be almost exclusively online. I don't know how you can marry that with, okay, we're going to bring football players back in every season, though. And we know how much football matters to the bottom line of athletic departments, but right. boy, that is bad optics of all bad optics to say it's, it's unsafe to have kids, you know, the, the student population come back, but we're going to bring the football players back because we need to play football. I, I don't know that how that's going to fly. So it'll be interesting to see what comes of that. Um, but it's it, that's the you know the, the sobering thing about this, Judd, is you know we see these these uh, football programs that come back and you're having thirty and forty kids in quarantine, and we know that the data shows that uh, you know it, it's very rare for a young healthy person to have a serious illness or die from this. Mm-hmm. But it's not out of the question that it could happen, you know. Right. And so, and they're all, and they also can spread it, but it. Just from the simple fact, let's put that aside. So you have all these guys in quarantine and isolation. Um, 
how would you have a practice? They're doing weightlifting with like 10 guys, small groups. Like how would you even conduct a practice under this situation in these circumstances? And you don't want to get into a situation where you start a season and then, you know, all of a sudden you got 20 guys that are in isolation because they tested positive. Now you can't play a game. You have the four. I mean, it's just, that's just messy. So in the last week, I've seen two national riders, uh, probably, you know, Pete Thamel and, um, Sue Mandel from the athletic and Pete Thamel from uh, Yahoo, who have floated the idea that really had traction way back when this first started of spring football, mm-hmm. the spring football season. And, you know, I think for a lot of, you know, in, in different parts of the country, that would that would work. I'm not sure uh, how that would work here because of the weather. I mean, how would you hold I, – I wrote about this, you know, months ago when it, it came out that if, if, if they choose spring football, um, I think the Gophers would probably try to have to play in U.S. Bank Stadium, their home games, for at least half the season, right? Because you, you just sure. can't count on having weather uh, – you know, work in your favor and, and have an outdoor game or three or four outdoor games in, you know, January and February here. I just don't know how that would work. Yeah, I mean, that that makes sense. Now, of course, I've heard the comeback to that, and it's probably worth um, exploring is then do top players who are going to be drafted in the uh, spring, do they skip that season, which they yeah. probably would. Yeah. But But I'm with you. One is, I think once you commit to starting, stopping is far worse than not starting. And mm-hmm. and my other problem, especially to your point about colleges where there's no there's no one in charge that you completely trust. No. And 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 this is my question about pro sports too. Judging by the reaction that we've seen across the country to this, and I'm taking into account the people that say shut it down, and I'm taking into account the people who who say. Let's get back to our lives and who cares. I don't know how I don't know the across the board that you could trust sports people to not say, Man, we got five guys, but they're asymptomatic and you know, we got a big game today. And yeah. and I realize as irresponsible and stupid as that sounds coming from my mouth, I don't trust people across the board not to say that too. And and that's where, you know, if this catches fire again, and God forbid, Chipper. I really believe in my heart it's only going to take like one death of a player or or an older coach, and that's very plausible for this to become a complete disaster. And now you really have to shut down, and now you're really in trouble. Yeah, if you had a, uh, and I hate to prioritize because that's not fair to anybody, but if you had a you know a high profile athlete get really sick or God forbid die, then then you have a major problem and everything's shutting down within three minutes, right? Right. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, and, and I, I would hope, I, you know, I try to see the best in humanity. I would hope somebody wouldn't say hide symptoms because let's be honest. Like, if you have a sprained ankle or you know whatever other injury, and a player tries to hide it to play through it, you're only hurting yourself, really, right? I mean, you could do further damage to yourself. But if you're trying to hide this and you can spread it to teammates or coaches, right? Now, you, now you're talking about something completely different, right? Yeah. So. Um, and, and, and the amount of testing that's going to go on, I don't know that you could. That's the other thing. And I've, I've been thinking about this and it's, it's kind of come up in some stories here this week. My gut was all along, or at least, you know, as month that if college football does play, my instinct says that they will not play non-conference games, that they'll just play conference games. Mm-hmm. Um, because you would think that the Big Ten typically has all the schools have the same testing protocols, right? 
um, they're all going to be on the, on board. I don't know if they're all identical, but it's it's going to be pretty similar what they're all doing. But when you have what 130 FBS uh, schools, a lot of them smaller, they don't have the financial means that Power Five conferences have. So you don't know what they're everybody's doing testing wise, right? And so right. Do you really want to face another, another, you know, a team from a non-conference where you have no idea what they're doing with testing? Are they testing regularly? Are they just testing people that have symptoms? Um, and so, I think that would be one logical step: is just, you know, cut out the uh, the non-conference games, start maybe a little bit later. That buys you some time, and maybe add another conference game so you have ten. Um, so I think that um, that seems like a reasonable idea. But as this goes along and these cases just continue to get uh, – these states continue to be hotspots and spikes, I just – boy, I, I – just from a practical sense, what are we, July 2nd now? Yes. Well, don't they start a practice July? You know, and, yep. and, yes. and you know, first games at the end of August. I mean, two months from now, can you see a college football game or an NFL game being played with where we're at today? Boy, it's something – you know, there, it needs to be a dramatic – uh, turn for the positive here in the next two weeks, which I, I would think are critical for determining if, if this is really going to happen this fall. And Chipper, the thing I can't b- believe is that we still are, are getting talk from the National Football League about the potential of fans being in the stands, which I think is absolutely idiotic. And I don't, I don't think it's real. But man, I saw it uh, today again because the last thing I saw previous to this was that they were going to go state by state, and basically if if a state allowed fans in. They, they would let the team make the decision based on that. And uh, I think it was The Athletic has a story now saying that they might have fans sign waivers. As the, I mean, you can't do that, yeah, can you? Well, people would, I mean, people would, I mean, you know they would come, Judd. I know, but up. that's I why you can't let them. Well, I would be surprised. I mean, just from a competitive uh, standpoint, wouldn't it, the NFL have a blanket policy? Like, one that's for all, I, all for one, you know? Like Green Bay. Fair to, for somebody to have, you know, I agree. Fair to some team to have a home field advantage and another team not. I don't, no. I'm not sure that's fair, you know? No. So, but, but, but that is the, that is generation judge that not, you know, every state is not in the same point and same spot in terms of uh, where they're at with their COVID cases. And so, I mean, like Texas or Florida now, they're in a different place than we are. And so, um, but I still, I would be, you know, based on seeing from uh, the cases spiking after uh, society opening up bars and restaurants, I would be surprised if we start with fans right at the get go. Now maybe that changes on, but from the from the very first day, I would be surprised if, if fans were there for the opener. So Chip, going through uh, the teams in this town, okay, and mm-hmm. how and how they have either uh, been impacted by the pandemic or will be. All right, the Wolves. It's too bad that they had to stop playing, but season-wise, it's fine. Like, they weren't going to the playoffs. It's fine. The Wild was starting to get hot, but they got off to a terrible start. I really don't feel too much for them in that regard. The Twins is really too bad because this could have been a fun year. But I'm going to tell you right now, and as a guy who has never seen a, a, a pro, the program on this type of trajectory before in my 50 years on this earth, I think the worst one that's going to potentially be wiped out is go for football. Because, I mean, look at where Fleck has this program. Look at the Ooh. offensive talent that was coming back. The defense was fine, I think. Uh, the point being is is go for football. It's finally on what appears to be 
the best trajectory that I have seen in my life. And there is a chance, to your point, that they are not going to play in 2020. And if they do, it's going to be truncated or altered in some form. Yeah, that I mean, it's the, the typical go for dumb luck, right? You have yeah. the most the most buzz and the most you know energy and positive momentum that you've had in you know a long time in a in a pandemic hit, and you might not be able to get. I mean, what what do we talk forever about go for football? The stadium, right? Fans aren't coming. You got to give them reasons to come. Well, they did give them reasons to come. Correct. Right? They had eleven. They had eleven win season, and they you know you have the big bowl game, uh, win against Auburn, and you think, okay, now they're going to really capture more fans and be able to pack, you know, that stadium and finally sell out a 50,000 seat stadium. And, you know, under best conditions, if they do start on time, there's no way they're going to have full capacity. I mean, they're not going to allow 50,000 fans coming there uh, from the get go. So, yeah, I would, I would say the two teams that if you're looking at kind of where they were and expectations and anticipation, I would say the Gophers and twins, um, those two teams, feel like they had they're on the cusp of something right and mm-hmm. so it'll be interesting to see you know one when the state you know if the season does start for the for the go and then two just kind of how much this disruption affects that momentum they've had but yeah i mean it's it's unfortunate that um you know when pj you feel like that that program is is starting to turn the corner and become relevant you know, not just here in, in in our market, but nationally. I mean, they're, they're going to be a top. They're going to top fifteen team, and people are talking about them and recruiting. You know, they're top fifteen in recruiting right now, and and nationally, Tanner Morgan's getting a lot of attention, and Rashad Bateman already already has. But you know, Tanner Morgan's being looked at as one of the top five quarterbacks coming back. Which when's the last time we ever said that? <laughs> you know, how to go for quarterback? So a long yeah, time. It's, it's, yeah, it's very unfortunate. So I'm, you know. As I wrote earlier, I'm 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 generally an optimistic person, and I, I want to still cling to that optimism and, and hope that they can have a season. But I would say something: we need some positive news on the coronavirus uh, here quickly before um, you feel like the, the you know fall season is just not going to be uh, feasible for them. How good is the QB? Is is I can't decide. And Bateman's a great player. But is Tanner as good as he's being publicized right now, Chip? And look, I think he was definitely, for the most part, in 2019, seemed to be a cool, calm, and collected character. So I liked him. But are we getting over our skis a little bit, or do you think he really could be, if not a Heisman, um, uh, if not winning the trophy, that he could definitely be in the contention for the Heisman? Well, there there are two quarterbacks that I think are clear. I don't think that. No, are, are clearly above everyone else in the pecking order, right? Lawrence and Fields. I mean, those two yes. guys are, uh, they're on a, a plateau by himself. But I would, Tanner's in that next group, and it's funny. When he first started, I thought Anikstad was the better quarterback. I thought he physically, physical skills, right? Mm-hmm. Size, arm strength, all that. And I just didn't know a lot about Tanner. You know, I looked at him and I thought, okay, he's, okay, he's, you know, um, thought maybe he might be a game manager, but I, I totally undersold him. I think he's really good. I really do. I think he's, one, he's, you know, he's never going to blow you away with his arm or size or anything like that, but there's something to be said about accuracy, putting the ball, timing, making the right decisions, and he has the occasional, you know, hiccup where you're like, ooh, what was that? And there's not many of those, and he always seems to bounce back. 
very uh, composed. I mean, you've talked to him. He's probably the most mature college athlete I think I've ever <laughs> interviewed or been around. I mean, he's just got a presence about him. And so I think, you know, his accuracy, um, his understanding of of the system, um, I think he's really good. I, I, I really do. I don't think this is just a hype or – or just, I don't think you just say, well, he's got great receivers, which he did. I mean, Rashad Bateman is going to be a first-round pick. Tyler Johnson was an NFL player. I mean, that's yes. given. But absolutely, you, you still got to throw him the ball and put him on target, and he does that. I mean, his accuracy, he's on point, and he hits guys where they can make plays. And so I think he's really good. I, I mean, I think I probably would have said I was an idiot um, if I had said he's going to be an NFL quarterback, you know, two years ago. I would have said no way. Mm-hmm. But I think he is. I think he can be – I don't, know, I don't know if he's going to be a starter, but I think he's a guy that could be, you know, uh, drafted and and because he's he just finds a way, you know, he finds a way and he's he just has a presence about him, and so um, it'll be fun to see kind of where he picks up um, off, you know, last year, and you know, you're not going to have Tyler, but you got some really good receivers uh, still around him, and that offense is going to be explosive. I mean, they'll be one of the better offenses in the country, I would assume. To your point. The heart rate never changes. No, no. And and if you go go back, that's the one thing that a guy that we um, c- covered together, Brad Childers, absolutely loved, right? Mm-hmm. That the heart rate never fluctuates. Morgan is, he can be playing Penn State or he can be playing South Dakota State, and it feels like the demeanor doesn't change. Well, and the, and the thing about that, Judd, is we've seen him make a bad throw where he just doesn't see the linebacker and it you know, gets picked off or whatever. Yep. And... Oh, he it, he just shakes it off, and he comes back and makes important throws every day. I mean, mistakes don't rattle him, and there's that's a pretty important quality because no quarterback is going to be flawless, right? I mean, to be able, to, I screwed that up, you know, uh, I won't do that again. Mm-hmm. He does that. You don't let him see it. A, a bad interception does not throw him off his game. He doesn't get rattled by that stuff, and so um, I think that's like that's the maturity part of it that I'm talking about, and that, that's a pretty special quality for you know, any athlete, but a quarterback especially, and he has it. And so I think that's – and and PJ's talked about and players have talked about his leadership, stuff that probably we don't see behind the scenes, that he's one of the best leaders um, that they've ever seen. And so that's, that's the presence. And, and if you can have that in your quarterback and you combine it with, you know, all the other things, you don't have to be 6'5 with a rocket arm to be successful. And I think he's, you know, he's proven that. Speaking of QBs. Does it amaze uh, you as much as it absolutely floors me that the National Football League stood around or sat down or whatever they've done for the last four or five months here and allowed ultimately the New England Patriots to sign Cam Newton to a dirt cheap rock bottom contract that nobody else in a league and my contention is is it ain't like quarterback play it ain't like uh, you know. Every team has a guy going to Canton, right? Mm-hmm. That that at the end of the day, the place that, that Cam finally lands after not playing for an extended period of time, and by the way, potentially now um, being physically right, is the New England Patriots. Like, yeah. where were the Chargers? Where I were know. the Bears? Where was anybody else to say, yeah, you know, Cam... It, it might not work, but it might work too. So here's a contract as opposed to the Patriots getting this guy for essentially the bargain basement rate that they got him for. Well, that's the thing. I, don't, I just, uh, before we got on here, somebody, one of the national guys had floated the contract and it was very, very small amount 
guarantee. Now there's a ton of, you know, bonuses and incentives in there. If he, if he looks like the Cam Newton of old, the healthy Cam Newton um, that he could reach, but that is, you know, it is amazing. Like I know there's the health question and I know team doctors couldn't be around him. He couldn't fly him in the facilities and all that during the quarantine, but you would think somebody would say, you know what? This is low risk, possibly high reward. <laughs> yes, like the Bears. <laughs> let's let's take a chance. Um, it's not like you had to guarantee him fifteen million dollars. I mean, I, you know, but yeah, credit to Belichick. I mean, does you know does it? And, and if it doesn't work out, you're not on the hook for a ton of money. And right. so, you know, maybe he's physically, maybe he's just done. Maybe he's just had so many injuries, he won't be able to get back to that level. But who knows? Maybe he will, and he'll be a you know stroke of genius. So yeah, I'm surprised there wasn't more, and maybe there were behind the scenes that we don't know about it. But I, I thought somebody might have made a play a lot sooner for you know some more guaranteed money to try to get you know strike gold if he if he is healthy and he can get back to that level. It just seems crazy to me that that of all the places that this guy who who might still be good, we don't know for sure, was allowed to land was the Patriots. That somebody else, I know. as I said. Where are the Chargers? I mean, Her- <laughs> Herbert might be your quarterback eventually. Tyrod Taylor is Tyrod. He's fine, I guess. But, you know, yeah. he certainly is not a great quarterback. Where was somebody like that in the AFC, by the way, to, mm-hmm. es- to essentially have nothing else say, I'm going to cut you off from going to the Patriots because if I do, Jarrett Stidman is sure to start, and I'd rather take my chances of Jarrett Stidman starting than Cam Newton. It just it, it, it floors me. You know, yeah, I wonder, too, from his side, from the Newton camp, how much financially did they have to cave at the end? You know, were, were they looking for a big deal initially, and they realized that Probably. the market's not the market's not going to be there right now for him? That he has to have like a prove it year or something like that. You know, you never know like behind the scenes that they were asking for you know a lot of money. Um, but yeah, it's I tell you what, that's a pretty fascinating combination, him and Belichick, right? And to see that play. I hope he, I hope he's healthy. Cause when he is, he's a pretty special talent, you know? Yeah. Um, so that'll be, that'll be fun to see that, how that unfolds there. I mean, all the quarterback shuffling, you know, in the NFL, this, this off season, it's going to be fascinating to see all these different, you know, all the guys laying in new spots and see who kind of comes out the winner on it. Which one of those intrigues you the most? Well, Brady, obviously, you know, getting away from there and, and going to, uh, you know, going to Tampa, and, and he's surrounded by some serious talent there, and there's no doubt about that. Yeah, so, nice scope as your that one, that one to me is just fascinating. To, you know, Teddy, Teddy intrigues yeah. me in Carolina. I'm well, curious Teddy, to see that Teddy, too, just because we don't know Judd. <laughs> you don't know. I think he's pretty good, right? But we we never. I don't know. We're ever going to really know what his ceiling was or or is. Mm-hmm. I mean, without this injury, what could he have been? You know, I mean, we've seen flashes of it, but we've never seen sustained. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, kind of where he is and what his ceiling is. So, I mean, yeah, I think all of them are, are really fascinating. It's kind of, you know, see the story. Well, the second story, <laughs> the first story still. Right. Yeah, there's still the, but on the field, I mean, I, that that is the story of the NFL, is just these new quarter spots and, you know, how they're all going to fare. Chipper, do you think the Vikings are going to go, go to camp with their current crop of cornerbacks, or do you think that they're definitely going to uh, obtain and or sign one? Yeah. The report that we saw, or I, I should say the field Yates um, speculation that he threw out last week was Desmond King, the second who played at Iowa, yeah. has been 
with the Chargers, had a really good first two years, struggled his third year. They went out and signed uh, Chris Harris, a veteran away from the Broncos, and now there's a chance that they might trade him. That intrigues me because I just think at this point in time, if you if you do uh, go into opening day or opening week is scheduled with that current crop of corners, yeah, I just feel like it's really – it's not that those guys aren't going to be good eventually. It just feels like a real stretch to me. Well, you're too young. I mean, you're yep. definitely too young and, and too unproven. I, I would be stunned if they don't add a veteran. I don't know if they'll trade. I think they'll just wait and see who gets cut and pick up. You know, there's there's going to be a – I mean, there's always risk in that because if, if another team's cutting you, it's not always that case, but it, you, you, know, you may not have much left. But there also might be a situation where, you know, this guy makes too much money and we got a younger guy that's at the same level, so we're going to get rid of the veteran. So there'll be veterans that get released that I would, I'll be surprised if they don't pick somebody up. There because I I just think they're I just think their corners are way too young. I, I, you know, I think they have you know a lot of potential. I think there's talent there, but you just don't want to be you know all young guys at that. You need to have some veteran presence in that in that room. So I, I, I'm guessing. And if Hughes gets hurt, you're royally screwed. Um, yeah, you're then you got problems. Exactly. <laughs> and King need him to be your number one for sure. The thing know? the thing I like about King is is he's got experience playing in the nickel inside. And the scouting report that I read on him basically makes it sound like, for a lack of a better term, he's a poor man's Antoine because he's really good against the run. He can blitz. He had a bad year, but I like I like Mike's odds if he gets his hands on a talented corner of um, of helping him bounce back. Oh yeah. And sure. I would say this: I wouldn't trade Reef as was proposed because I think that's taking a real chance because you don't know if Cleveland can actually uh, step in day one the, because the Yates proposal was to trade Reef, pay part of Reef's salary, trade him to the Chargers, and then yeah. get King back. I, I don't think that's smart because Cleveland is obviously going to be your left tackle at some point in time here, but I think going into opening day, committing to Cleveland and protecting um, Kirk's blindside is risky, Chip. And the one thing I'll say about Reef is I think we paint him too much as a train wreck. He's not ideal, yeah. but he's not a train wreck. But I do think that trading a couple draft picks for King is plausible, and I'm guessing that if the Chargers are um, going to or willing to move him, that that makes some sense to give them a couple draft picks for King on the last year of his rookie contract. Well, especially because with Cleveland, you haven't had an offseason. He hasn't been on the right. field. So, I mean, how are you going to know whether he's going to be ready physically to just step in there and, and take over from day one? With an abbreviated training camp, with no OTAs, no mini camp, I don't, I don't think you can just bank on he's you know he's going to be able to handle it from day one. So no, I wouldn't. I, I would. I don't think you can part with Reef until you have a better idea what you know where Cleveland's at and where you are there. So yeah, I mean, we know how much Spielman loves his draft picks, but yeah, if you can part with a couple of mid rounders there to shore up your. Uh, you know, your your corner situation this year, I would do it, you know. I mean, I think, you know, obviously it's easier to find a guy that's on the street than it is to give up draft picks, but if it's if it's that important to you, if you have, the, you know, that big a concern, I think you'd be willing to spend something to make sure you get the guy you wanted. Okay, sir, last question. Let's say it's August 2nd in the Scoggins household. You've got NBA on, you've got baseball on, and you got hockey on too. And these things are, it looks like, going to be going, at least in some cases, basketball, uh, basically from morning to night. 
What are you going to delve into? I well, the Scoggins household will be probably divided. The boys will be upstairs watching the NBA. Okay, you know, they're all in there. <laughs> yep. I'm on baseball, man. I'm, I'm on baseball. I, I'm fascinated by this Twins team. Um, in a weird way, Judd, I'm sort of fascinated by the 60 game season and just how every game is going to be important. Mm-hmm. And you're basically in a pennant race right from day one. So um, I, I would be more into baseball. I mean, the, you know, the wild thing, if they could, if they win that first, what do you call it, qualifying series or whatever, you know, that'll, that'll, you know, pique the curiosity more. But um, I think if it's all three of those were going at the same time, I'd be on the twins first. Yeah. Uh, and, and I, I hate the fact that they're only going to play. And I think we talked about this last week, 60 games, Chip, but mm-hmm. it is, but it is going to be really interesting to see what a guy like Rocco does. Right. And, and yeah, it's, it's, the one yeah, thing you can't, you. the one thing that you can't do is game one's going to be extremely important, which ordinarily it's not, but your pitchers are going to be behind, right? As far as conditioning. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to be a, it's going to be a really tight rope because you're going to probably have to make more pitching changes than you ordinarily do, but you're going to have to make them with the mind that you can't forfeit at bats because you're right. Yep. Every single game, it's basically going to be if baseball were football. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, obviously not as, um, yeah, it's, it's sort of equivalent to that, but, and I, I'm at right in a, my Sunday column on this, uh, just managing in a 60 game season and, you know, the things that Rock was going to have to deal with, not only potentially the chaos of guys coming and going off the COVID list, you know, yep. you may lose today's starter, if he tests positive or whatever, you know, I mean, there's going to be curveballs thrown at him left and right, but Hey, do you go to a six man rotation? They, they admitted uh, the other day that, that that's something they're they're considering. They're going to, they've been talking about it. I think they want to wait and see where where their pitchers are when they get to camp. But you know what, what's Rocco saying? Rest and recovery. Are you still going to have that same mindset with sixty games? Right. He he said he was asked about it on his conference call this week, and he said even with sixty games, you'll get yourself in trouble if you're managing everyone like Game Seven, right? But there is an urgency <laughs> about it. How you do know? you? Okay. How do you not though? Like I get, I get you're not going to be stupid, but like you, you can't. This is not you know March 26th in Oakland. Well, it, it, you know, Judd. Wh- whenever a guy gets off to a, a slow start in, in a baseball season, what are they? It's long, early. Long season, Chip. Yes. But yeah. What do you say? It's early. Well, it's not early. It's late. <laughs> you know, yes. It, it, there is no early in this season, and so do you stick uh, a guy who gets off to a you know if a guy's slumping to start with. Do you, you know, do you, you get in the same latitude to work itself out of it? Or you say, you know what, hey, the clock's ticking here, man. You know, we got to have some more better production. Um, and so I think it's going to be fascinating just how you handle that urgency or how Rocco handles that urgency of, you know, this is, you know, you don't have the long play here. You've got to, you got to, you know, win today. And so, yeah, that's, that's my Sunday call. Man. I think it's going to be fascinating. That part of it is really intriguing how, how, teams are going to approach this, whether they do, you know, six-man rotations or just different, you know, absolutely ag- aggressive moves. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. All right, Chipper, talk to you uh, next week. Take care. All right, All right brother. All right, bye-bye. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar, 
or pie made with fresh cosmic crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays, and Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy Five or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.